Welcome, dear listeners, to a brand new season of Life and Home. I am Shan, and with me is Joanna, your co-host for this enriching journey. This season, we delve into a captivating world of couples and their unique view of home. Home is more than a space. It's a reflection of who we are. And when two lives merge within this space, an intriguing dance of tastes and identities take place. How do couples blend these differences and similarities to create a space that truly symbolizes their united front? Join us this season as we converse with couples across the spectrum, each narrating their own story of creating a home that encapsulates their individualities and their shared journey. We will review how their homes echo their bond and their growth as a couple. So, sit back and join us on this enlightening expedition, unveiling the allure and complexity of home through the eyes of couples. Regardless of your relationship status or curiosity about how couples view their homes, this season holds insights for all. Let's dive in and uncover the intriguing realm of life at home. Hi and welcome. Today we have Holly and Jim Rotman. Holly has over 20 years of experience in leadership and human resources and Jim is in culture, inclusion, and diversity in Volvo, and they have moved from the U.S. to Sweden to start their new life with their little girl, who is four. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. And everybody, Holly was with us on a season two women's view, and she bought us so many juicy memories from her childhood and also from her role as a mom, as well as her new professional development as a professional coach with a focused area called the leadership embodiment. And today we're going to dig in their home as their personal side of it. So, Holin and Jim, please tell us a little bit more about what you do and um, what else you want us to know. Great. Um, I'll start. So, at Volvo Cars, I am responsible for helping create a culture that um, what we talk about is a caring culture uh, where we care about not just our employees, but care about our customers, uh, the environment, and society. And so, we're trying to build a, a culture where uh, we actually not only do good for the company, but we do good for society. And um, the area that Shan was mentioning that I'm so passionate about is leadership embodiment, which really just means that it's helping leaders to come back to this deeper knowing of who they are, not only in their personal lives, but in their professional lives. So it's tapping into the full wisdom of the body. What I see a lot of in embodied leadership is just calm, poised, authentic leaders uh, with the same sort of care about the greater environment that they impact and how how they show up in their lives, what's important to them, you know, what their purpose is, like what what they're really here to do, how that really like leads them from the center of their heart and how that impacts the world that they're responsible for. Yeah, Holly and I have great conversations about what an inclusive and ethical leader is. And she talks about how they can embody it 
and actually you know, be authentic on, in, in those areas. Oh my gosh. I would love to be in some of those conversations. It sounds like you guys have a lot to talk about. <laughs> I know. I wonder, how is this um, caring and also the centering and embodiment have impacted your home together as a family? We lived in New York. We've lived in San Francisco. Uh, we're now living in Sweden. Holly's lived across the, the world in, in Brazil and France. I worked a lot out of Switzerland. So home for us is, uh, is an interesting concept because we've been many places and we've been many places together. And so a home is something that is physical but it is something that reflects who we are and how we want to live our lives. Well, I do have a funny story too about care. So we built this home in California in Sonoma. And actually the, re the reason why we picked the land is because we were visiting friends and Jim and I were toying with like, do we live in the city? Do we move out to the country and like have a big garden? And we were sitting outside having coffee and these turkeys came flying over us out of a tree. And we looked at each other at the same time we said, oh, it's a sign. Like the <laughs> land wants us to be here. And so when we moved into our house in California that took three years to build, because we had to put everything in, the the, the road, the, you know, the, the septic, the well, everything, we noticed in the beginning there were some little friends that were coming into the house. You know, we had like some field mice and we even had like a baby rattlesnake. And we're like, how are they getting in? And so we realized that, oh, like this land was here before us. Yeah. And it needs to know that that we're here, like with our own like best intentions of like taking care of it. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting, but I had met this wonderful woman at a women's retreat and she came in and she sang, she like burned some sage, she lit some candles and she basically in her own way helped us sort of like set this intention that we're here to really like create a loving space that we're in harmony with the land around us and that we were really okay with all the creatures, including the coyotes and the bobcats and all the things that would come through as long as they didn't come inside, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it feels very California, right? But I'm going to tell you something. It worked. <laughs> we had no more critters <laughs> coming in the house. I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> but we still had the coyotes. Yeah. The they still came through the land. Yeah. We all, yeah. we all scared yeah. at that place. Yeah. So it was their home too. <laughs> Love that story. And I wonder the way that that you grew up looking at home, Holly, and the way that you, Jim, grew up and looking at home, how are these similar and how are they different? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I grew up in the Midwest of uh, the state of Illinois, US, and it was a kind of typical that you would see US TV show where mom and dad had a sister, had a dog had a backyard where we'd throw the ball around. Yeah. Uh, I could ride my bike to school. So mm. it was a very safe mm. place where you felt loved. And it was a place that um, you could bring friends. 
Yeah. And so that's that was my kind of foundation for what a home was. Yeah. yeah. Mine's a little crazier, I think. A little more eccentric <laughs> and chaotic. <laughs> more like um <laughs> more like we had lots of animals. I had a rabbit, I had a bird I'd let fly loose in my bedroom that my mom hated because of course it wasn't very clean. We had a horse farm. My dad always would take strays. Like if if there was a dog once that got kicked by a horse at the farm and the person wanted to put it down, he said, no, 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 we, we'll get it surgery, et cetera. We had more noise in our house. Like the first time I visited Jem's family, it was so quiet. I thought, are they asleep? Are they asleep? Like they're, they're asleep. <laughs> because it's really loud. Yeah. It's actually very good for me to be like around a calmer, more quiet family. Yeah. Uh, so these are like our differences. So we've we've tried to merge the two to say, you know, it's normal sometimes to be a little bit chaotic. And then how do we merge in the calm too, right? So like our daughter, even at four, <laughs> we had to implement this during COVID where we'd all hold hands and say, okay, it's time to breathe as a family. So like, we'll let her lead one of the breaths, you know? And so she always chooses lion breath, of course, because it's the most fun. But this is something that we discovered that we needed to come back together, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of how we merge the two. Jim is all practical and reason reasonable, and I'm more like emotional, creative, passionate. So it, cre <laughs> it creates a nice combination. <laughs> I was going to say it's a creative tension. So it's like yeah, we, where, where we ultimately end up is something that is both practical, but also has a sense of a little more fun and creativity and you know, uniqueness to it. So yeah. we, we end up with like a nice, a nice balance of um, for a home. Firm believers that like when things get a little too tense, like take the child outside, let them be barefoot in the grass. Yeah. But it's just as good for us, right? Like let the kind of run out of your body and reconnect. Yeah. It's sort of the, yeah. yeah. It feels like you're both a childhood and um, your past experience living in California is related a lot of uh, animal and uh, other life spirit and joined your balanced harmony mm. and that combined together. And how is your home today uh, moved in Sweden? Mm. Mm -hmm. That's a good question. We're in the middle of moving to a home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where we um, we picked something. It's it's interesting. We didn't look at very many homes. We mm -hmm. we looked at a couple and and kind of instantly kind of knew what we were looking for. And then when we found it, we didn't spend a lot of time overthinking it. We said, "Yeah, this is it." And I think it goes back to a feeling, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to how many square feet does it have. You know, does it have an extra bedroom? You know, where are we going to park the car? It was, it was more like we walked in and Holly said, this place feels warm. Like two steps in the door. I looked at Jim and I said, this is a warm home. Mm. There was good memories made here. I was like, I don't, I don't even know how much more of it I need to see. And as we went through it, instead of having like the lens of like, I don't like that. I don't like that. I just kept thinking like, but I feel like this place, like there's like a heart in this home. And as we were walking down, there's, it's everything's on one level, which is very much connected to a very small backyard, but like you can get right outside. So we mm -hmm. loved that, right? That's that indoor outdoor that we loved in California that you can just step right outside mm -hmm. and see the stars. And, you know, but we're walking down the stairs to the little, a little tiny basement that goes into the garage. And um, they're just these beautiful pictures of their family, like all these happy moments. Yeah. The wall. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it was definitely a feeling 
And we didn't have it in the other places. And one place, Jim said, gosh, on paper, I feel like we should get this place. But I just keep having this feeling in my stomach. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of new for you, too, about yeah. making decisions that way, right? So I was like, no, let's listen to that because I'm also resisting. Yeah, like, it's like I couldn't put on paper the, the, the three reasons why we shouldn't do it. But I just kept thinking, this isn't right. Uh, there's just something about it. This just isn't right. And so yeah. I think that's the sense that it's like where you feel comfortable, um, you know, where you feel like you belong, where you feel, and it's a fact I keep saying feel. So it's, it's a feeling. Um, obviously we did some, I'm the practical person. So we did the math too, to make sure we can afford <laughs> it. <laughs> but yeah. it was also, right. Yeah. yeah. We didn't over, overthink it, but we definitely felt it. Oh, this is a great tip for all the expats who are moving to Europe to listening to just based on the simple <laughs> math, but also trusting your intuition and the feeling you have for the space. That is how the first step you're choosing the home far away from home. Right now, I, I know you're moving into the new place next week and maybe even dreaming it up a little bit. How is this place reflecting both of your personalities individually and and together? We're, we're, we've been talking about that. It's it's interesting. It's from from my personality. I like I'm a little hyperactive. It's hard for me just to sit still, and so uh, it allows it allows me to kind of like step outside, like Holly said. It's got a wonderful backyard and it has a nice little deck to sit outside or I can walk around to the front. I mean, it gives me a sense of like, I don't, I'm not trapped. It's it's very open. We have one room. This is actually kind of funny. It used to have an outdoor swimming pool and they they kind of covered it to make a big atrium area. So the the room is literally on top of a swimming pool that's empty, but it's, uh, so it's kind of funny. It's this big atrium and it's, uh, and I'll use US measures. It's about uh, 13 foot tall ceilings. Oh, wow. uh, and it's got windows all around it and mm-hmm. it just feels like you're um yeah like you're inside and outside at the same time but i think going back to your question too just to add on to that about the dream for the home is um when we got married we actually eloped we we got married in a hot air balloon and we wrote our own vows and we put <laughs> it was actually quite funny because we were just going to go to the courthouse and I was like, that seems a little dull, doesn't it? And Jim says, how about a hot air balloon? I said, yeah, that's that sounds good. And then I asked him like a week later, did you book it? And he says, I'm afraid of heights, Holly. <laughs> I said, oh, I guess that's a no-go. And he says, well, I don't know. I guess I'll do it. Um, so wrote our vows. <laughs> In the vows, we had this line about like, there'd always be enough room at the table. So I think the dream we have for any house we've lived in, and this one includes it, is like, is there a space to to have friends over? Is there a space for family to be there? And then as Sophie grows, is there a space for her friends to come? Like, is it a warm and open home, right? right? But yeah. also you have to protect your space, right? This is something we learned living in New York. You have to have a place you can come back and just be quiet and like re- re-energize. So we don't always love having people over. And I think in this space, we also are trying to find a way to create quiet uh, nooks where yeah. we can like sit and read or meditate and um, yes. And have like more of a place to be like creative. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if there's anything else you'd say about the dream, but. No, it's uh, when we built the house in California, the architects said, don't 
tell us what you're looking for in terms of like how big of a kitchen or how many rooms. R- write a paper, write a few paragraphs on how you want to live there. Mm-hmm. What what is it that you how how would your a day happen? How would your day go? Explain your day to us, and then we'll design the spaces that fit how you live your life. As and so I think that's I think that's what we found in this house is it has those spaces that fit how we want to live our life. Yeah, like I I dream of going outside where there are no children or dogs, and I can sit and have a cup of coffee and do my ten minutes of meditation quietly with like the sound of birds. Yeah. And we're living in an apartment right now, and that's hard to do. Yeah. So it's little things, I think, but it is like what Jim's saying. It's about how you want to live your day, your days, day yeah. to day. Yeah. 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 Sounds yeah. like you both um, have joined a kind of a dream of how to balance when you're inviting the outside world into your home mm-hmm. in a very different approach. Mm-hmm. And, and both feel re- ready and um, also could expand. the things that Sean and I um, talk about a lot when we are doing this work, and I think you know this is a research project really in its core, is how our homes become a silent witness to us, watching us, carrying us through things silently without asking, without um, wanting, without anything, just kind of being there. What is your view about this when I'm saying that? Well, our home in California, we again, we th- we thought the land was very special. In, in addition to the home, which was built by a very wonderful Norwegian architect, and his wife helped us design everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was meant to be again in like respect of the land, the way it was built. But the house ended up holding us in several occasions, and one was um, mm-hmm. we we moved there, and um, there was the Great Fire of 2017. We literally had just moved in, like you could see the red skies out the windows, and. Um, and the house, it was court and steel and and marb up uh, and concrete. So it was actually not a house that would burn easily. Um, we had a lot of defensible spaces, right? And so the house sort of held us in that, like the first introduction to California wildfire. <clears throat> yeah. Because the road one street over, houses burned down. So it, it held us in this sense of like a safety, right? Mm-hmm. This is one of the reasons, too, why we never put any fencing in our property. We had a big, big garden, and we'd let the deer come through and eat. We'd let the wildlife come through and eat. And we just tried to keep a balance because it was hard times for wildlife after these fires, right? Yeah. Then we we went through um, a cancer journey for Jim. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I ended up um, being diagnosed with cancer. And so, if you talk about um, a space healing you without asking anything back, that that was a magical place. Um, and I don't know if I would have healed as fast or as um, gotten through it without, obviously, Holly uh, was the primary person and reason I'm alive today. But the house made a big difference. House yeah. really made a big difference. 
it just kind of held us and just sort of like you could breathe, you know, you could exhale and you could, and then I, it brought in my beautiful daughter, Sophie, that was, you know, really something I'd always wanted in my heart. We always tell her like you existed in my heart before you came, you know? Oh, I love that. Oh, we were able to, um, yeah, survive the fires, get through cancer, yeah. uh, have, have a beautiful baby girl, a spirit came into yeah. our lives. And during that whole time, um, and then the pandemic. And so when you combine all those things, the house was uh, our oasis. And yeah, it was. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because um, as much as we love that house, you know, people say, oh, my gosh, how did you move from there? How did you come to California from California and move if it was so wonderful? And um, and these are always hard decisions. Right. But um, we had to also release that home, you know, like like we had to let it be someone else's dream. Because in the end of the day, a home is a physical structure, right? So we've we've learned from all the moves that like home is what we put into it as well, wherever that is. Yeah. It's beautiful. What do you think your home would that home, if it was able to talk, what what do you think that home would say about witnessing your journey? Well, that's an interesting question. It was a structurally, it was a solid solid house literally built on concrete and then steel mm -hmm. and so it was a house that was intentionally made with materials that age yeah. so i don't know, if you know about concrete it, yeah. it changes color it starts to get a little cracks it, it's literally almost like a living living something and court and steel uh, is intended to rust um, and get this nice patina of red and it, it also continues as to change color and so it's a house that was was built to um, live and grow with us, and I think that's I think I think that's what the how I see it is that it was part of we were part of it growing and changing, and it was part of us to allow us to grow and heal and become, you know, who we are and bring Sophie into life. I think the house would also say that we are in a process every year of sort of setting an intention. You know, some, some years our intention is this is the year to grow or this is the year to take risks or I don't know. We've had different ones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the year Jim got cancer, it was the year that we had no fear. And I was like, never doing that one again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I agree with you on that one. I support you. <laughs> um, but when we were coming here, you know, Jim's like, we got to take a leap, Holly, and trust that the net is always there. So I think the house would say that we practiced a lot of faith along the journey right? That like, we just have to keep showing up every day and putting forth our best intentions. Yeah. 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 For what we, what we want. It's so easy in life to focus on what you don't have or what isn't working. So what we try to do is our best, and it's not easy for any human, but to try to focus on what we do have and also just what we want to bring more of into our life. And also a lot of patience. Like when we thought we would move, it took us a year. And we thought we were going to move to Portugal. We didn't move to Portugal. Sweden was calling. We didn't even know it. And I would say to Jim, you know, we're looking at this lemon tree trying to squeeze like the living life out of it. There's like a whole grove of fruit trees. Maybe that's not the tree for us. You know, maybe there's this beautiful blueberry bush over here. We don't know. So I think that's another thing that the house would say is like we grew a lot in terms of like learning that we don't really control things at all. We, we can show up and we can do our best each day. And then we have to like kind of surrender. Yeah. 
and let it unfold. Yeah. I I really appreciate that you say that. And I really appreciate that you share that journey with us. And um, I think most of the people listening to this episode know that Sean and I have our own journeys with cancer. Uh, Sean, maybe you want to say a little bit more, but I know for me, when my when my child was diagnosed with leukemia, our home became everything because we couldn't really leave. We, you know, we were in lockdown way before the pandemic started. And I remember feeling that like, this is it. This is the oasis. I can create anything here. And this place will allow that for me to happen. And it's okay. It's okay for me to cry in that room. And it's okay for me to come and sit and laugh and play in that room. And I, I really, uh, it's such a beautiful way for our homes to carry us when when things go wrong. Yeah. I think that's what what we learn by doing this work is how our homes are they are just structures. They are just things. And yet there's so much more. There's so much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a conversation really creates a sense of belonging where we can have the space to feel yeah. safe and opportunity to get better and to grow, to expand, and fearlessly daring to live the life what we wanted, and for ourselves and for our loved ones. Yeah. yeah. I find today, while hearing your story, it is so meaningful to do this work. Mm. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I want to add, like, they are only ever mirroring back what we are able to hold and be with ourselves. I think that's what I'm seeing right now. So I'm, I think there's a lot of learning. So thank you for, for sharing that. Yeah. It's interesting during the pandemic when everybody was online, you got to actually to see people's homes for the first time. Yeah. You know, it's kind of crazy what you, and some of them, people would be going like, what is that behind you? And they're trying to figure out like, what is, what is that? And, and then people would ask the questions like, what does it mean to you? And why, why do you have it there? So everybody in the world can see it. Yeah. And was that intentional? And so that sense of like with these Zoom calls or, you know, the online video calls, you're actually inviting people into your home, which is in many cases, which is uh, I don't think people thought about home in, in that way before. Like Jim was saying, things that grow and change and like they as we do too, right? When mm-hmm. something went wrong, we had this saying, we'd say, wow, that's really natural. <laughs> yeah, and if you think about it, like if we were to even look at ourselves that way, because we're all right, our bodies are also evolving and changing, and 
and aging and things happen. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, instead of looking at it as like a defect, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and in, in, in that imperfection, let's try to find the beauty because that's much more fun than yeah. picking apart the, the wabi sabi. Yeah. yeah. Of uh, the house, we got older, it got more beautiful. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I love that. What's the space or the room in your home that you that's your favorite? Well, we haven't created the, the, the actual spaces yet, but the kind of space that are my favorite room is where I feel like I'm still sitting outside, even though I'm inside, so that you can look out and see in the distance. So you're not looking at a wall. You're not looking just like uh, some of the place in New York where we where one of the places in Europe where we lived, you look out and there's a building right next to you, right? And so you never see the horizon, you know, it's like there's the building. And so I like it when there's a sense of that you're in the middle of, of more open areas um, as opposed to a small room. So that's what I like. For me, it's always going to be the kitchen. I think yeah. that's <laughs> in the kitchen for me. <laughs> I need good smells. <laughs> It's like a hug. I need a hug. I'm actually thinking about what's going to be the first meal I cook in the the new home because in California it was a um it was a bone broth that we used to like to make and then we make a pho out of it and we put lots of veggies in it and like you know and that was that was very warming and like nurturing and so I've got to think about what what that first meal will be. Yeah. I need to have like a bit of a hug, you know, element to it. I'm excited to know what's going to be too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with Sophie being four and now you're moving into this new place, what is your hope for her to remember, like when she's an adult, our age, mm-hmm. about home? That's a good question. Uh, um, we were over there um, just checking on things and bringing some stuff over. And she, um, she went out to the backyard and just started running up and down the yard as fast as she could, saying that she had superpowers. So... What's funny about that is for a long time, she'd blown a dandelion and say, what did you wish for? She said, I just want to run. So <laughs> she just loves to run and be free. She's yeah. a very free spirit. Yeah. So I think for me, like to build on what Jim's saying is like, I want her to feel that home is a place she can really be free. Yeah. She can also be naughty. She can be playful. We can laugh a lot. We don't have family here. So we have friends, which is, is family as yeah. well. And so I want her to feel that the home is also like welcome. When when family when family come to visit, she's so excited. So I want her to feel like, yeah, that the home is welcoming. That she that she's um, even when she was little, I really wanted her to feel that like that we would have friends over for dinner. That home is a place that welcomes those that are in our like love circle. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's a, a a kids book that we uh, read her called Circle. And it, it starts with a small child and draws a circle around themselves. And then it goes through a series of, but if you expanded that circle a little bit more and included a few more people, and then it starts to, every page, the circle gets bigger and bigger and starts to include more and more people. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of the concept. Yeah. What would it be your next expanded circle in Sweden? Mm, good question. Feeling like we are the place. So, like neighbors, friends, you know, school community. I think that's maybe the next yeah. circle. We've been in this beautiful apartment. It's made from the 1800s. It's close to the park. We've met both many Swedish families and expat families, but we're we've sort of been just renting, right? 
So I think it's just getting a little bit more entrenched into the place that we're living and going to the local bakery and getting to know the people and the community, just being more like, I think it's hard, just the community that we're going to live in, you know, and really feeling like that's where we're going to, what yeah, do you think? I agree with you. I think w- once you find a, a place and you can say here, we're going to be here for a while, then you can start taking that circle and making it a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. But if you're renting, you never know whether you're, where your neighbor's going to be or if they're coming and going or if we're moving or not moving. And so there's a sense of, of um, not permanence, but there's a sense of stability and a sense of then you can be a little braver to, to step out because you have, you have something to come back to that you know is there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's going to allow us to yeah put that first circle around us and then we can continue to expand it through neighborhood, through school, through local community. I think the question we always ask ourselves too is like, how do we become a part of the community means also that we're not just taking from community, but what are we giving back? So I think that's a good like inquiry is as we live there is how do we give back to this community? What's what's something that we can use in our own, like our resources, our knowledge, our, our passions to contribute something? Yeah. Yeah. This might be a weird question coming from nowhere. You know, um, Sean and I, you know, we live in countries where we were not born and you do too. And somewhere along my journey, I never lived in South Africa as an adult. So Mm -hmm. most of my adult life, I've been traveling. I've never actually lived there. What I realized some years ago when we were moving to Sweden and I was doing an application for my Swedish passport because my husband is Swedish, somebody asked me, who who are you going to be if you're Swedish? And that was a really like strong question for me because I didn't know. I didn't at that time know exactly who I was, let alone who I would be if I was Swedish or, you know, whatever. So What I learned from then until now, and I'm still learning, it's still evolving and and unfolding, is I get to choose every day who I am. And Mm -hmm. the place where I live becomes a perspective for me to see myself through, a a new way to see who I could be or who I might be. So how do you, what is your perspective on where we are born? So the place that we should be calling home and where we end up being home. What I'm hearing Joanna's question, I get the a keywords of what is your true identity right. when we're talking about home? Well, you know, that's so interesting because when I was younger, I studied French for 11 years and I lived in France and I just wanted to be French. <laughs> I mean, like 100%. Mm-hmm. Like they could have just left me there and I would have just been fine. But I realized at the same time, I was also American. So there's this duality. Uh, The same thing happened to me when I lived in Brazil. I just love Brazil so much. And then I was in my early 20s then, right? So then fast forward, you know, 15 years later, and I've been living in America. And I'm so excited to move to another country because I love learning about cultures. But then what I've realized through this process, even over the last year, is that I will always be American. In fact, I'll be from the south of the United States, not just American, right? Because it's a really big country, but There are parts of me that are my mother and my father and my family. My niece was just here and she reminded me so much about how I am from the South and that I loved my time with her so much. It was so easy. It was so, oh, it was so renewing. So I think here in Sweden, what I want to, what I want to be is just really curious about all the aspects of the culture that I can bring in 
to myself as a mom, as a like building a family. And this is where I think both of us have this real strong like desire to become so curious that we also adapt Swedish customs so that our daughter who's four can still be American, but also call Sweden home with knowing that mom and dad also fully embrace like where we've chosen to be, all the things we love about it, but we can still give her aspects of her own culture that she can love. So I think it's just an unanswered question that will always be evolving, really, to your point. And we're still so early in the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And sometimes we laugh because like, we'll, we'll do something. And I was like, that was very New York, Jim. <laughs> you know, every time you live somewhere, like little parts of where you live, they become a part of you. Yeah. And in fact, sometimes I'll say, be a little more New York right now, Jim. We got to get this thing done. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Do you have anything different? To- no, you yeah. said it beautifully. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We're all like little pieces of everywhere we've been. So I would just say I have one identity. Instead, I think that's, uh, but there is a, probably a place at some point in your life you call home, meaning, like you said, southern part of the U.S. may be home, home for you. You you may not want to move back there again. You may want to, but it's still you go. That was that was home. It's but, kind of an unspoken thing. You don't even realize it until you're around people that there was always a craving for me to be a bigger part of the bigger world. That the world is so big that I don't want to be so small. It's like cooking. It's like I don't just cook with cumin. I want to learn about all the spices. Like it's, it's a big, it's like a palette playing with the flavors and the spices and the, yeah. Stefan and I talk about this all the time when we're traveling and you find a little dish somewhere in a little corner restaurant somewhere and you go, oh, wow, I grew up with this kind of flavor. And it's like, oh, wow, that reminds me of home and I am nowhere close to home. So, you know, we do uh, find these things and they remind us and they, you know, they pull us back somewhere, but the reality is we're all from everywhere. <laughs> I'm yeah. Kidding, yeah. Yeah. I mean, on Sweden's national day, I was trying to explain it to Sophie. And I said, this is the day that you celebrate that you, that you live in Sweden, whether you're Swedish or not, we can partake and we can embrace. And then we can also know that there will be parts of us that will always be American. I think it's exactly what you're saying. And we always have that. Yes, you can. (laughs) (laughs) If you would give our audience uh, one tip about building your home through all your experiences, what would it be? Yeah, it's it's uh, what what's the old saying is that uh, everything you need in your life is is right in front of you if you just could recognize it. And so I think when you have a physical home, I think everything you need is there if you just look around and, and 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 find that space that you feel comfortable in and find that space that makes you smile when you wake up in the morning, whether it's Holly's walk out to the the, the deck with your hot cup of coffee and uh, listen to the birds. And, uh, or if it's me being in, in a place where I feel like uh, I'm part of the outdoors, even though it's, uh, I may be sitting in a nice comfy couch, but um, it's, I think it's just like, yeah, don't overthink it. It's a it's a it's a feeling, not an analysis, and I think that's that's kind of how I I, I approach it. It's a feeling. I don't have anything to add. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom with us. You are a beautiful energy together. Oh, thank you. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to reflect. It really is a beautiful gift to be able mm-hmm. to think more mindfully about how you're choosing 
to live your life in your home and how that reflects you in all the ways. You're not only the couple who shared your view about home. I think you're the couple who also share with the world how your individual strengths combined to create a harmony and expand the love circle wherever you go. So it's a, such an inspiring episode for us to share with the world. Oh, thank you. You're in the love circle. You're in the love circle. Exactly. See, that's the name. Of, that'll be the name of the episode. Love circle. When when we were in New York, Jim, I would like I'd zip him up in a bubble before he'd go out into the world <laughs> <laughs> to make sure I'd send him out. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah. He was like, I love oh. that. Let's do that. And Let's bubble. Yeah, and I'd send him out. <laughs> yeah. I am out and I'm in. Yeah. <laughs>